0: Hi, I'm Rob Vanstone. Welcome to the 62nd edition of the Rider Rumblings video podcast. Each week we pick rider uniform numbers that correspond with the number of the podcast. So, number 62, Vic Stevenson, L. Johns, um, Reg Whitehouse, uh, Murray McCormick is 62, yes. and Jim Hobson's former roommate, Frank Landy, wore number 62. We're very honored to have with us today Jim Hobson, former president, CEO of the Rough Riders, former rider, offensive lineman and on friday is officially being enshrined in the canadian football hall of fame so it's always very timely uh, to have jim in uh, with us today first joff jim thanks for joining us and congratulations on a uh, very well-deserved honor
1: thank you appreciate it
0: um what are your thoughts as this i mean part one of the process has been t- has taken place You're announced as one of the inductees is that for as that day draws closer what's going through your mind Well, I'm starting to
1: realize uh, that I better get ready. Uh, You know, it just seemed to come up pretty quickly. And... been a great summer and uh you know watching the riders and at the lake and everything and so i started working on my uh, my speech on the weekend making some notes and i'd thought about it but uh, it's here and of course you know, this morning called my mom told her what time we're picking her up and my sister and you know all those arrangements and and everybody's getting excited so we're looking forward to it, it it's going to be a great time
2: might we see jim hobson lost for words is it that big of a deal maybe not High, highly <laughs> unlikely <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh, it, it, it's hard to uh, put into you know into words how you feel about this. You know, it's a, it's such a different thing and you know a, a major major event. And so, you know, I don't want to uh, go on too long, but certainly there's people you have to thank and acknowledge and uh, and I, and I want to do that. But uh, it'll be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun,
0: Jim. When I go through it and I try to think of people, how many people you played with or coached by or negotiated contracts with or who played for the Riders when you were the President and CEO or in the Hall of Fame, who you're now joining. Ron Lancaster, George Reed, um, uh, Jack Abinshan, Ed McQuarters, uh, Ken Preston, Gene Makowski. Eddie um, Davis. Eddie Davis. Bill,
1: Davis, Bill Baker, Bill Roger Baker. Aldeg.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually... I actually made sure I I went through it in my mind last weekend. Gord Curry, yeah, Gord Curry, and I then I went and I checked the went through the the inductees in the Builder and and uh, player category and. And I knew it was several. You know, the players really, uh, that was awesome to see that. And, and, and don't forget Tom Shepard because he'd remind you. That he <laughs> yeah, was for sure he And uh, But, it, you know, really amazing when I was looking at it. And guys I grew up idolizing like Ted Ernest and Al Benicic and, you know, the, Ron Atchison. And the list just goes on and on. But pretty cool to be going in there with, uh, with uh, half a dozen guys I actually played with.
2: Have you posed, you posed for the bust. That yeah, done yeah that's Maria's
1: that? like big round head, put a little <laughs> goatee on him. I, mean, I don't think it's a real tough <laughs> bust to do, but. I you, my wife told this story the other day. <laughs> they wanted a picture, and then they said they wanted 360 degrees, so could we send a video. So we're in Mexico at the time. I'm standing up by the pool, and I'm slowly rotating around, and my wife's <laughs> shooting a video with her <laughs> cell phone. And I'm sure the neighbors are going, he's finally lost it. Like, yeah, has, like what are they doing? So that was the bust, and we'll see. what. Well, I, I uh, Tom Shepard actually said to me, You were at Ed George's induction. I said, yeah. He said, well, they don't need to do a bus.
0: They can just use his as well. He can do both of you. It's (laughs) surprising. Two big ball guys. So many of them don't look like the actual player. Like I went I remember last time I I went to the, it was actually in the old uh, building in Hamilton. And Mm -hmm. I went through there and I, I kind of tried not to look at the name and try to figure out who it was, and I, my percentages weren't very good as figuring as far as figuring out okay, okay, who is that player. So <laughs> I hope it's a pretty good likeness.
1: I, I know what you mean. though. I remember going through there, and and some of them, you know, you knew who it was, but the others, you you know, didn't, didn't really, really match <laughs> well, the,
2: up. The thing on Twitter this week is Ed Reed's, the guy from the Baltimore Ravens, got in, and his got a full head of hair. It's an amazing bust of this. Incredible picture. He's going to the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Man. I saw. Uh, you look him, that one up to yeah, see if you can maybe grow some hair quickly and maybe. Uh, uh, a little too late now, maybe. It's way too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: The um, When you look at the Rough Riders these days, what do you make of uh, this team? One and three to four and three, and now people are talking about corn dogs. What, uh, how do you like this team? I like them a lot. Um, you, you know,
1: good personalities uh, there. Uh, I think it starts with, uh, with J.O. and Dickinson. Uh, Craig has just been so refreshing. He's candid. He's honest. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think the players love playing for him because he's so genuine, and and uh, you know they don't want to disappoint him. And 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 I, obviously he's very inclusive with his coaching staff and the players in terms of what they're doing. So, you know, I think he's doing a very good job. And I uh, think Cody has been. You know everything that we hope for and and probably more and uh you just hope the kid doesn't get hurt out there the way he plays reckless abandon but yeah they're playing well and and their defense is is coming around like we we thought it would and uh um i think they're in the middle of it well they are in the middle of it right now winnipeg has come back to earth and uh uh, we, we you know but it's funny we were talking about this this morning and uh uh, I, I'd stop by the writer's office for a minute to, to, to do something. And and I was talking with Mark, and we were talking about how after you have been around the team for a while, you realize that the GMs and the coaches and that, they divide the season into three. And, you know, we're through the first third, and we're four and, you know, well, four and three, three, three. but we're three and three in the first six. And so, um, and it used to surprise me. I, when I started back as in 70, in, sorry, in 05, as president, I thought every game was a must win. And then after being around Roy and and Kenny and Eric and that, I realized no, they expect to they're, they're not going to win them all. And uh, I remember being on a little bit of a rant about a loss. And Eric said, "I don't know why you're that upset. I didn't expect to win this game anyway." And because it was, you know, I had a short week on the road. And he said, "You got to be realistic." He said, "You play to win the last game, not not every game." And you you know, and I know the average fan wants to win everyone, but reality is we're setting ourselves up well uh for the season and and it's going to come down to who you know who's who's left and uh if we can stay healthy we'll be in the hunt and uh um that's the key and and uh, and and also you got to catch some breaks and so on but right now i feel i feel really good about this team
2: yeah i also think they're heading into Montreal team. they're going to have another quarterback change It's not going to be Vernon Adams it'll probably be Antonio Pipkin because know they, they've kind of fallen into a a spot where they're facing teams that are having questions at quarterbacks right now yeah. and they lost to Calgary when Arbuckle played himself, but even with Mike Riley not questioning him, but the struggles that BC's having and stuff, so they seem to be in a, a nice position right now to get on a bit of a another role to get play Montreal in on a bye week, which will be a yeah, we, nice thing to do. It's have. set
1: up well for us, but at the end of the day it's pro football. Uh, every team wants to win and and uh, expects to win and so you got to go into it thinking that I remember the year that when Hamilton won two games and <laughs> one of them was against us, and yeah. you know, so you can't take anybody for granted. So Montreal's done a pretty good job of exceeding expectations. So I don't think I take them real lightly uh, this I week.
2: They got stand back might not play either.
0: There's in the red. with <laughs> Riders gashed at defensive tackle. And yeah, the, that's uh, a big big. Um, he got Standback. Mon-
1: Montreal's in trouble though because Vanstone picked them to win. So.
0: Yeah. Yes, they're, they're, <laughs> and there was a purpose behind that, as I, I know. freely admitted to in <laughs> Brendan Tammond's column. Jim, if you're the president's CEO and you see a player like Cody Fajardo come along, and I realize it's not the president's CEO's business to meddle in football, nor is it your business to meddle in what Craig Reynolds is doing now. But if you see that this, a team has this player, not really entirely dissimilar to what Darian Durant was when he was 27 years old, what do you tell the marketing department? This guy's a goldmine. Like, do you, do what do you what do you do you talk to the store? Do you talk to the marketing department? And say, look, we can really capitalize on the fact that people love this guy.
1: You got to be careful. Uh, certainly, he's a, he's a dream. Uh, he's uh, so engaging and he's so willing to you know be out there and talk to people and so on. But you got to be careful because uh, um, you know players get hurt and uh, players go through slumps and so yes, use them. But uh, I think uh, Craig Dickinson would be the first to say it's still a team game. Cody is a big part of our team he's the leader of our offense but so you got to be careful you can't just focus on one guy uh, every time we used to do that, they'd get hurt or they'd get traded or they'd get arrested, you know. All. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with Cody. I, I can't yeah. see that. But you know what I mean. And uh, But he's such an easygoing. I think, you know, uh, hopefully we get him locked up and, and he's as good as we think he is because he could be a great asset to us in the in the community and, of course, on the football field. You you mentioned Darian, And, yes, they're, you know, almost same age and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I think for Darian, he didn't find it as easy to engage with with the public. You know, he was he, he was very good, uh, but I think he was more reserved. And but this kid just seems to be very outgoing. You know, kind of lets lets it all hang out and uh, and enjoys life. And it's good to see. So, but they got a lot of nice uh, great personalities. I. The, the guy i'd use a lot is dickinson i think he's mm-hmm. you know he's a great face just like kenny miller was and 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 ken austin was and, and they they really represent the club and in the, in the province well uh one of the staff uh, at, the, at the writer office this morning, said to me, he said, "You know, Craig, you'd think Craig was born and raised in Saskatchewan. Oh, the way yeah. he, the way he deals with people, and the way he understands, and but
2: you know, he's he's got that kind of background, you know. And this is the team that, the swimmer. I, I think one one thing with Cody, you might want to be a little leery. He has a football job to do, yeah. and it's uh, you know, it's four four and a half hours under the CBA." But they still have work to do. They still have their own time to devote to the game. They have to work at playing the game. And I think maybe if the marketing people and the riders jump on too hard on them, they may put too much on them. And I think they have to be aware. I and mean, I know we've been waiting for a guy in the last couple of years to step up to be a personality, to be the face of the franchise. But I also think the riders, and I think Craig realizes that, he's 27. He needs some rest. He needs time. He can't be out there selling a green and white. He's got to be out there. Playing for the Green and making sure they're going to be a good team.
1: Absolutely, uh, you, you're right on, and and that's his number one job. And and you know, even though he seems so well grounded, you don't want him to start, you know, getting beyond himself and yeah. and what he thinks he is and all that kind of thing. But some guys handle it, and and they're just a natural. Um, yeah. I think back to Ronnie Lancaster. Ronnie just he he could deal with anything. He could you know talk to the press. George was more reserved. He's quieter and you know kept to himself. So everybody's different, but. Uh, you know, uh, Craig talks about team all the time, and so I think they're going to want to continue to, uh, you know, talk about all the all the guys that are out there. And uh, uh, they've got, you know, Charleston Hughes and, and, and many others that can step up. And uh, this young Shaq is a, a guy you maybe want to get out there too. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, He's a uh,
2: good speaker too. Yeah, You're watching the I know an offensive line. and you can't help but watch the offensive line. This is an offensive line that's in flux and dealing with injuries almost every day. What do you think about the way they're playing?
1: I, I I think it's one of the reasons they're they're winning because they've had a lot of injuries up front. They've lost to Blake, who is a really solid guard, yeah. played both sides, play center. Uh, Bladak was out for a while. They've they've been without their best guy since the start of the season in the bat, and they haven't missed a beat. You know, the young kid, Shepley, is is playing great. Bladak's back. Uh, Danny has recovered from his car accident, is playing great. The Mary, they just have played really well. Um, they're very they're very physical, very yeah. aggressive. Um, you know, I, I I don't know who was talking about the other day. Rob it might have been you and one of your comp, but somebody was talking about. You know, we could move to four Canadians when if we get everybody yeah. healthy. And because uh, Shepley <coughs> was, was a tackle, and I don't know if he can play tackle in the pros, but uh, you know, it's nice to see they've got depth. Uh, that kid uh, they've been bringing along. They've had him around for, for a while. Yeah, he's been around, but they say he's uh, he's a player, so. They're a big part of what, what's happening out there.
2: Yeah, they're, fun. they're a good group of guys. I know I, I get to interact a little more. The offensive linemen always fun. Well, except on the field. I wouldn't want to be getting in the middle of any of them. But in the locker room, you can see there's a lot of joking around. Taron Vaughn seems to be a bit of a personality. I think he's kind of a guy, an interesting story. He lost his job last year, basically, to Kobe Cofield. Right. And uh, Cofield, I, I don't know if Cofield got hurt or what. Somehow they were shaking things up. And he's back in there, and he's playing. He's probably playing very well. Rob was saying, and we're both noticing how well he's playing. So they needed. They were a little. I don't know if there was concerns about the offensive line, but they've answered them all. And as I said, Labat's closer to coming back. Maybe in a couple more weeks. We're not quite sure if it's a hip or a groin or something in that area. And when he comes out, I don't know what they're going to do. But Philip Blake was a very good player. I think it was underrated how well he played.
1: I really liked Blake when they picked him up. I thought uh, maybe he was just getting a little long in the tooth, but he He has played really well when he's in there, and uh, I think Danny's maybe having his his best year yeah. right now um he's an inter- I really like Dan and you know junior football and all that tom collegiate and so on but um you know off the field there isn't a funnier more engaging he loves people he yeah. he loves to have fun. But when he steps on the field, he is one tough dude. And uh, I know if you had to play against Danny every week, you'd, you'd know you were in a game. Huh? What Just is it imagine? about offensive
0: lineman from Tom Collegiate, Jim? Yeah. There's that something special, <laughs> that magic that takes him to halls of fame. I
1: guess so. And <laughs> uh, and, and running, but Neil Hughes uh, going into Plaza yeah. this year. I, you know, it's tough North End school and uh, <laughs> working class. And Danny, uh, he didn't... Uh, you know, he didn't. He didn't go to university. Didn't play university ball, and so he's had to fight and scrap. And maybe that's part of it. You know, Neil didn't get drafted. You know, I came out of junior football, and uh, so I, maybe it's that underdog thing. You just, you know, you want to want to prove you can play. And uh, but uh, when you look around the city, every high school has turned out some some great football players. And and uh, even, you know, think about Usher. It wasn't around for a long time, but uh, Chris Getzlaff and, yeah. and and others came out of that. Is uh, it Claremont that, from Usher? Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. He played quarterback at Usher. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, pretty good graduates. Bill Just, Baker, Scott Collegiate. Bill yeah. Baker.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Scott turned out some some uh, Terry Bullock and uh, Terry Hanks and oh, yeah. there's quite a crew. Yeah. Man. Just
2: imagine if you know we go back to Dan a little bit, what could have happened? He got in that serious car accident. We still haven't been told what happened other than he was ejected from the car, to the truck he was traveling in. And two weeks, two or three weeks later, he's back in training camp and dealing with the physical part and also the mental part because he basically he can say he's in a car crash every play. So he's, he's probably one of the tougher guys. But to see him bounce back, that I, you know, I think a lot of people showed the support from him and a lot of people take a lot of pride in what he showed, how to come back from a serious accident. And as you mentioned earlier, he's one of the best speakers on the team. And he mm. started out being a one- and two-word answer guys in the community program the riders have, and I commend him for that is they get these guys out and they learn how to be public speakers. They learn how to, to talk to people and to communicate. And Dan Clark's one of those guys who's really stepped up and done that. And Zach Evans and these guys. I
0: were. talked to Dan Clark when he played for the Thunder, though. And he was awesome to talk to. Okay. He was Excuse great me. with the Thunder.
2: Wow, I just so remember. For the riders he's got.
0: He is, uh,
1: you know, interesting. Uh, another guy that did a great job in the community uh, was Neil Hughes. And he yeah. was kind of shy and quiet when he came out. But, man, he did a good job. And Tom a guy. And another one, uh, um, Kennedy Nikierson.
0: Remember yeah, him? Yeah. And
1: uh, Tom and... And I'm uh, quiet, shy, but you you know put him in front of a bunch of kids, and he was incredible. Yeah. And so yeah, it's well, you know I think um, you either uh, step up to the plate or or you don't do it. And, and those guys have really stepped up.
2: I was working in the stadium recently, and uh, a tour of some bunch of young kids came through, and uh, they're, they said, "Do you have any questions?" The guy I said, "Put it on." Yeah, hi, Zach Evans is my friend. I'm supposed to say hi to him. And I laughed and because Zach Evans, when he goes out there, he tells all, every school he goes to, he says, Hi, I'm Zach Evans. You can now call me your friend. And this little guy Aww. got up there. So it's kind of a, a neat moment to see this little guy put his hand up. And, but Zach was long gone, but it's still a they, neat moment.
1: It is cool when the kids, and uh, uh, whether they're young kids or older kids, and, and a lot of times the special needs kids, uh, will engage with you away from you know the, the stadium, whether it's in a restaurant or whatever, yeah. and it's really it's really touching to you know. The, and they they they're very sincere, and you're my friend, and and uh, and I think that's very good. By the way, you mentioned Zach. That's that's a loss. Uh, well, that's you know, oh, yeah. the, he his stats don't yeah. you know make you think that this guy is uh, is one of their best, but he just is so solid, and they're not going to run much in the middle with Zach in there, but. If Henry can stay away from the dumb penalties, he's a pretty good ball player.
2: I think this DeBire kid's a kid to watch out for. He came in and he had three defensive tackles. I think he might have had a little better game than Henry. Henry has the dumb penalty. He's got that one where he leaned his shoulder into the Mm -hmm. guy on the sidelines, two on the tripping penalty. I haven't seen a tripping penalty very often. And then the the roughing pass, and he got a credit for a sack that Rob thinks was. He
0: tripped over the offensive lineman. (laughs) (laughs) That was
2: uh, (laughs) another
1: one you're talking about. Yeah. And that tripping was, you're right, uh, you know, it's not that it isn't called, but you don't see it very knee often. Knee on
2: knee, but he's also a big community guy too. And yes. I think he works with Scott, puts in thousands of hours over there at Scott College with all the kids like that, tries to help kids get scholarship, he's shooting videos. He's another, he's a Tom Pate, two-time Tom Pate nominee for the team. So he's another one of these community guys. And, but the shoulder into the quarterback in Ottawa, again, that uh, sideline was dumb. That was just, it's, why was he thinking of that? Jimmy. Yeah. Jim, he's you, a
0: defensive lineman
2: that's true yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: if you look around the league uh, or even at the Rough Riders no sellouts yet this year attendance in the league is down in a lot of markets there we just got 20,000 for the first battle of Alberta if you, know, if you were still um, a president CEO and I know you're still have a very keen interest in the league uh, would would you be concerned about this and do you have any solutions in mind uh oh, absolutely!
1: I'd be concerned because uh, we're still at bums and seats league, and you know the TV deal is fine, and and uh, sponsorships are fine, but you know we need fans in the seats, and I'm not disappointed here. I mean, uh, we had twenty nine thousand plus sold for Thursday, and a Thursday night uh, that's pretty darn good. You know, when you think about the travel, and and I and I have to you know really give a shout out to. Uh, the writers and Evraz, Tim Reed and and Craig Reynolds, the way they worked together and and had that promotion, that was that was great. And uh, we we were there. We went to the concert before uh, uh, Tom Cochran, and then went to the game, and, and it was just a, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And we were there Wednesday night too. So, uh, but you know when you look at I, Calgary and Edmonton, and you know twenty thousand people, that's a concern because of the rivalry. Um, and you know we can talk about BC not being a uh, contender this year, and, and that hurts them. But also, um, Toronto has you know struggled, and so a lot of things happening. And equity, or whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, balanced you know play is very important. But um, it, it's it's still concerning. I, I think they're doing the right things, um, but uh, I think we also have to maybe go back to some of the things we did in the past, which was what the riders have always done, which is engagement with the community. One of my pet peeves, and I, I, I can't point fingers because I was part of some of these decisions around contracts and and uh, CBA and so on. Um, we need our players to stay in their communities longer, be part of the communities, and you think back. Uh, and, you know, geez, we're sounding old, but, you know, we, you, you could. Well, Murray is old. Yeah, yeah but not. you could uh, you could literally list the starting offense and defense of the Riders from year to year. You know, mm-hmm. you knew who was going to be Bill Baker and, you know, on and on and on. And it doesn't mean we have to have guys stay their whole career in one place, but, you know, the one-year contracts. Yeah. and So guys come in, guys are here, they're gone. And, you, you know, the guys we were talking about, we're, who are we talking about? dan clark and and zach and and neil and they're the community they're the ones that live here but but we also had a lot of americans that have done that and and stayed here and john chick and 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 others that uh, you know weston Weston dressler yeah so i think that's important is is allowing the the fans to bond with players and be part of the team uh so i think that would be something i'd want to see a little longer term contracts keep guys in one place um I la- the riders are doing a lot of good things on game day. You gotta love yeah. the, the the experience is good, uh, and there's no reason we can't do that across the league. Um, but you know, you know, there's so many options. If you live in Toronto, you know you're not only competing with the Blue Jays now, the Raptors, you know, are there yeah. and, and and soccer. Um, I think Randy Ambrosi has the right idea about engaging. Uh, new Canadians and and uh, so on, because uh, you know, in in places like uh, Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver uh, the new Canadians are a huge uh, percentage of the population, and they 're going to love uh, soccer, but they've embraced basketball, and you can't tell me that uh, they couldn't do the same thing with the CFL if we had the right you know the right people out there What
0: on Wisconsin Lake any night of the week and there's so many new canadians you see for, for, you see how many people have moved here when you walk around the lake at night and people the new canadians are just everywhere and you can see that they're just loving it and that's a market that's
2: so i go across the there. league and i see the game day product from every team and Toronto's game day product stands up to any any anyone across the league. They do everything you can possibly yep. do to entertain the fans. And I know some people are complaining about the Thursday night. I kind of like the Thursday night where they've gone to the concert series. And, and I know Rob complains about the guy leading the cheers and stuff. But that's the way it is now. You've got to entertain people. In Between whistles, at whistle. the
0: expense of their hearing, yes, <laughs> too bad. <But> yes, yes, <laughs> that's sorry. sorry, grandpa,
2: get out, get used to it, buddy. It's going to be the way it is. And I think that's because if I haven't been to a Raptors game, my wife did. She said it's the same thing at a Raptors yep. game, there's not a moment of silence from the time the whistle blows, well, even before then, and that's what it is now. That's what the kind of game is. And you guys recognize it. it's a social time. And I know to go back when you were building the stadium, you built the Pilsner zone. And what is that all about? That's all recognizing that young, I hate to say young people, they want to talk and they want to socialize and that's what they want to do. And when people see Mosaic Stadium on TV now, there's a lot of empty seats, but the concourse is packed. Yep. And it's people socializing and doing that kind of thing. And then in the fourth quarter, they kind of, head back to their seat if there's a good game for football. I think that you but guys...
1: The, the Pilsner Place was uh, something we knew that was going to be successful. The big concourses are so important because people do want to stand and talk and visit and, and, and you know, buy a hot dog or whatever. And so, yeah, we're doing the right thing. I think most of the teams are. I know Toronto has worked really hard to do a yeah. good job. Uh, I had an experience here just a week or two ago. Uh, we were going out and... Called for uh, for uh, Uber actually, and the driver was a new Canadian, and uh, I walked out and he said, "Oh, uh, Mr. Hobson," and he knew who I was. (laughs) And usually, and I thought that that's not about Jim Hobson. That's about the riders that he has obviously bought into the riders, and so I thought that's. I was really happy to see that, and uh, I think that the the future is that and certainly the kids i know i'm you know i'm like rob sometimes geez could just show me another replay i don't need another contest but the reality is that's what keeps people engaged that's why people are going to the games because it's really the experience uh you know you you go to the fair uh for the experience and and to mingle with people and 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 it's a social event and and uh, uh but we've gotta gotta find ways to get them in i like uh, that they've lowered prices in some places and yeah. doing, doing the things that have to be done in their market, huh? Here's the, the fair problem with was the awesome. noise. Oh, okay. sorry.
2: Just to say, the fair was awesome. It was a cool wow. atmosphere to walk in there. The great concert by Tom Cochran, who, between you and me, could use a haircut. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of thing. I know he goes for a little rough and tough and stuff, but he, he was great. But it was it was interesting, too, because we saw all the families and stuff going to the game. Rob, I left after the game, 11.30, quarter to 12. It's a whole other world. There's these groups of kids and stuff and different groups of people compared to the when we were there for the family part of it. But it was very cool. I thought it was it a, was it was a, well done. I think it was a we were worried about parking. They handle parking as well as they could because we always worry about parking yeah, you, in Kansas City. You
0: parked in Grand Coulee.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but we needed the exercise after the. <laughs> no, you wouldn't even stop me for mini donuts. I'm still having forgiving you for that.
1: They uh, they did a good job. Tim and his staff did a really good job, and I know Craig worked there, and the rider staff worked with him. And uh, you're right, I enjoyed it. We walked around Kittyland and, and watching ahead. the young families and and just uh, they they were smart. When the, uh, we didn't come out that way, we came out on the east side, but. Uh, my friend who sits in Westside said they dumped us right into the fair. We didn't get mm-hmm. to go outside. Yeah. They had to go into the food court. Well, of course, what did everybody oh, want exactly to do yeah. at 11 o'clock at night? You,
2: I just wonder, can we imagine that kind of atmosphere for the Great Cup? Do you think they oh. could possibly get away with that kind of, maybe the plan, I know the plans are coming to it's it. It's going to
0: be a self-contained village. Yeah, So good. I think
1: that this, I thought that the Great Cup in 13 was incredible and you couldn't beat it, but I think they can beat it because they've got the facilities now, that new International Trade Center. Yeah. I mean, that is beautiful. So and So just, you know, there's no reason that you have to go outside of that venue and uh, yeah. between the stadium and and uh, I was over there this morning, as I said, and they're, they're starting the Garth Brooks thing, getting ready for that. And yeah. So much going on. Yeah, there's no re- the And as you said, parking and, of course, drinking and driving. And we've come so far with the buses now. And I got friends actually saying – you know, are you still driving? I said, and we have friends that live out in the East Side of Regina. They take the bus to the North Gate because the North Gate is a quick run. They say it just goes straight up. They, oh, yeah. they and they park there, and we drive home on the Ring Road. It said no big deal. So people's mindset about parking is starting to change, and. Uh, uh, using the buses and using the ride services and services, and uh, so I think that really is going to help us.
0: Those yeah. friends you mentioned, Jim, are some of them friends in low places. <laughs> I have yeah, to get that right. in. See, I'm oh, not just a jazz guy. Yeah, Jim, uh, Garth Brooks here Friday, Saturday. Um, you were the president CEO when concerts, stadium concerts in Regina, were pioneered. Rolling Stones, thir- nearly 13 years ago. What are your recollections of you and your close friends? Uh, I Mick, remember Mick and Keith. I remember uh, <laughs> and Charlie.
1: It it almost killed us, Uh, and and it's a great memory and it was a great experience. But uh, we just had no uh, background and no resources, and so all of a sudden the Rolling Stones are here, and and we sell out in like you know twenty eight minutes or whatever it was. And of course we didn't have the technology, uh, and we didn't have the 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 equipment and the training and so on. But anyway, and I remember. the the people that were so angry they didn't get tickets and they stood in line. And anyway, and so we went through that and and then we did the second show and that kind of took some of the pressure off because they got the seats out. But it was incredible. And, uh, you know, being... Uh, the president, I was, you know, literally standing at the bottom of the the stairs when Mick and those guys came out. And so we had, it was a great experience and the, the, it almost killed, I, my uh, a CFO had just started, Mike Back, at the time. And I, I think he didn't go home for two days and, you know, they were, they were, they were counting money all the time and just going, and Liz Meisner and her staff, we ended up doing all the, uh all the sales of, of merchandise for the Rolling Stones, I think they gave us like 5%, you know. But, oh. hey, we needed the wow. money. so. Yeah. But it was great. And then we did McCartney in and, and the improved Taylor Field with the uh, mosaic Taylor, Taylor Field with the uh, temporary stands and that. And that was great. And it was just kid rock. You know, you go back and you think of all the concerts that we've had here oh, in the last it. 13 years, all because of that Rolling Stones uh, concert that was such I think that was the, not. I don't think I know, it was the largest grossing uh, location in, in, in their two-year tour that with wow. the Stones had.
2: What so. a Friday night though! Remember that Friday, night, wearing golf shirts and just sitting there watching the Rolling Stones, and so glad we didn't have to go Sunday because they were in parkas. We we Sunday. did,
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I got to see the the Sunday show a little more. Uh, uh, Friday, I literally, was running around and just yeah. you know seeing the things. Funny story: uh, uh, I, I walked outside the stadium. To, you know, there was a lot of things going on, and I walked out, and I wanted to walk around uh, during the concert. And I walked into North Central on the on the north side, and <laughs> there's people out there, and it was great to see. And one of the young guys looked at me and goes, Hey, Mr. Hobson, what are you doing out here? <laughs> I said,
0: just checking out things, you know. And they were like, well, the concert's in there. You know, you can go in there. Go there one of the things it. I remember, I, I mean, you handled so many situations uh, at the peak of happiness, and there were some tough situations, and you handled them all. With composure, professionalism, everything that's kind of blazed your trail into the Hall of Fame. The only time I ever saw you even a sign that you might have been frazzled was Rolling Stones, <laughs> <Yeah>. two thousand six. Am <laughs> I re- recalling and reading this correctly?
1: Uh, I think you're right because uh, it was so it was so outside the box for us. I mean, yeah. we, we're you know we're good at putting on a football game and and what goes with that, but the expectations like people were they, they were in a frenzy, like they mm-hmm. really were, and they got their... Like hours before and it was just like you could just and, and there were people crying before the before the concert they were crying and 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 all kinds of things going on and of course you got the people that think they have uh, uh, special access and all that kind of thing but you know by the end of the night everybody was so happy uh it just it was it was magical uh i actually was invited. After the second performance, to a private party that Mick Jagger was uh, was uh, throwing, I didn't go. What? I didn't go. I was I was I just wanted to go home. I was whipped. I really did. I just said, I'm, "I'm I can't. I'm just I'm done." And
0: and Mick must have been I, so disappointed i'm sure yeah, I, yeah I
1: now you he, wish you'd gone I, I was kind of surprised i was invited Usually they pick
2: out the young women in the crowd and invite him to they, he
1: was uh, he had his apparently he had handlers that did that went around and invited uh, people yeah. the, the beautiful people and yeah. i wasn't on the beautiful people list <laughs> i remember <or>. another
2: cool <laughs> part of that concert was they started on time yeah like it was, i think it was 8 15 they started yeah. and boom they were out there because paul mccartney started about 90 minutes late and yeah. I remember he said I was just waiting, just waiting for all the buses to get here. Sorry about that, folks. Yeah, I remember. Said, okay, that. yeah, that's all right. That's a good enough. Then he played for three yeah. and a half hours. And-
1: the, the one of the one of the worst that I've seen. We went to Madonna in Toronto a few years ago, and uh, uh, at the at the hockey rink, and I think she, she was supposed to go on at eight, and she came on at ten thirty. Wow. I just thought that was so disrespectful. Yeah, it is, yeah. And and when we, of course, you know, being from Regina, I show up and. Six o'clock, you know, <laughs> no. we're ready to go. We got our tickets and there's yeah. nobody there yet. And the the, the ticket taker said, uh, you might want to wait for a while. I said, why? Well, she didn't come on till ten after 10 last night. And I'm going, that's four hours. Really?
0: Wow. That's oh, yeah, so yeah, what do you good. call the wait? The pre Madonna. Yeah, there we go. That was
2: his first concert, so he felt a like, ha, ha. Ha. Concert, so he felt a, like a virgin at it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, new lows, new, <laughs> new records. Low Mark <laughs> can we edit that out? has gone <laughs> to low places. um Anything else you'd like to add, Jim? With this very mm-hmm. momentous week and no, in a career full of momentous occurrences, anything else you'd like to mention? Of of reflection. So happy that
1: uh, my mom is here uh, to to you know be with me on this. Uh, I, it's funny I, we got, we were out in the lake yesterday. We had a wonderful weekend. We had we pontoon boat and we had a bunch of friends out and we were tied up. And uh, one of my friends asked me about it. Said, "Hey, you're going to Hamilton this week, yeah?" And uh, they they said, uh, "Any regrets?" I said, no, I've had a wonderful life, no regrets. And I said, no, actually, I have one, one regret. And they said, what's that? I said, that my dad isn't here to see this. You know, and my dad died, like yours, Rob, a long time ago. He was 54 years old. And wow. so so much of, of the good, exciting things that have happened, he wasn't here to share. And so that's a regret. But on the other hand, um, you know, my mom's here. My uh, One of my sisters is coming. Uh, you know, overall, our family's had a very good life. And, and uh, I still, you know, you would have told me when I was coming out of high school that I'd one day play with the riders and be the president of the riders. I'd have, you know, bet the bet the farm that that wasn't going to happen. So uh, it's been magical and and uh, great, uh, uh, you know, a great tribute, I think, to uh, the the people that, that led me and, and mentored me. And, and I was thinking about those Hall of Famers I played with, and, you know, uh, several of them weren't the best athletes on the team. Ronnie, George, Roger Aldeg undersized and all that. What did they have in common? They, you couldn't beat them. They just refused to be defeated. And, and I think maybe that's what they taught me is never give up, never quit. And uh, uh, that that's kind of carried me through life, that belief that uh, you just, you know, you keep going even when you when you think you can't <laughs> anymore. You got to just, uh, you know, be tough and, and
0: uh, never lose. This time I
1: presume you're going to the
0: after party? Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, the problem is we're all old, you know. It's six thirty. Murray knows, like, we, we're in Mexico, like, and nine o'clock's a late, late, late <laughs> night, you know. Like, <laughs> no, it's just getting started at nine no. yeah. p.m. That's it's funny in Mexico. All the all the good bands, like the Gecko Band, who who uh, we saw twice last week, uh, they play from like two till five in the afternoon, or oh, you know, perfect. Uh, the latest they'll play is seven.
0: Seven at night, seven till ten, and that's it. They're gone. we everybody's gone home. Huh? Yeah, I went to El Salvador and saw a contraband. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> These jokes are terrible, Murray. Anything you want to say to want this to podcast add, before I, I, just, I know, tell, I, you tell you, more jokes? I want to
2: mention what happened. I was walking <laughs> on a seawall last week in Vancouver, and there's a young young teenage guy wearing a Ryder jersey. And I just mentioned to me. Who do you think's going to win? And he said and he kind of mentioned, and then he mentioned. He said, it kind of caught me. He said, I watched the podcast, you know.
0: Really? And he says he never misses it. and I wish. What's I... his name? We should say hello to I him. Know. I I wish I'd gotten his
2: name, but we just kind of wandered off. But I just thought, you know, it's so cool that someone watches a podcast that, uh, watches religious, really... he's from Kipling and I just forgot to get his name, but I decided to give him a little nod to, uh, thanks for listening. And now uh, you got to mention on the podcast, which I knew your
0: name. Sorry. Remember but... the Beverly Hillbillies? Somebody asked Jethro if he liked Kipling and he said, I don't know. I've never Kippled. <laughs> These jokes are terrible. I apologize for Murray McCormick, <laughs> Canadian Football Hall of Famer, Jim Hobson, who, and uh, unfortunately me. Uh, thanks for being with us. Murray, please read the X. Uh, oh, sure, I have to do. I'm so sorry for these jokes.
2: <laughs> if you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and a five-star rating. It helps us grow the podcast. You can subscribe to the, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever that is or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to send us a question, you can email Rob at rvanstone at postmedia.com, and hopefully we'll read one of them on the show. First one we get. You can follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Vanstone, or me at LP and I think Jim is Twitterless that's right Facebook
0: list go your Facebook guy do you have a burner account at least no I I don't even (laughs) think about those kind of things
2: must be a nice life to lead Uh, it is (laughs) the life of a hall of famer for
0: Murray Murray and Jim I'm Rob we'll do this again next week if I'm allowed to host another one number 63 take care